bad and bullshit. Welcome to Misogynist of the Week. And this week, we have Kristen sitting in, breaking down our greatest misogynist, misogyny stories of the week. And this week, we have The Great Emasculation Conspiracy, starring Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. That's yeah. right. So, like, dudes, is it gay to get Rihanna pregnant twice? Is that part of the conspiracy? Like, oh, you're an emasculated man because you are married to a billionaire woman and have had two children with her. And you had to stand behind her in a photo shoot, even though she is significantly more successful than you. What a what a terrible life ASAP Rocky has. Poor guy. I know. I know. I know. So if you don't know, Kristen is making reference to... Men on the internet having a problem with Rihanna's British Vogue cover. So Rihanna covers British Vogue uh, for March 2023. For those of you who don't know, March is a very important um, magazine month because it opens up spring. And, you know, (laughs) that's where you get all your like spring fashion. It's like September issue, but for spring. Anyway. So we have the cover here. It's Rihanna. It's ASAP Rocky standing behind her. She's in the foreground. She is bigger in the picture to indicate prominence, to indicate that it's her interview, to indicate that she is bigger. In and this is coming off of you know, this is coming off, obviously, of hers performance at the Super Bowl, which was the first time that she performed, I think, in six years. Uh, lot. So, and then in the, in the picture, ASAP Rocky is holding their son. Right. And as people might know, if you've watched the Super Bowl or you are alive, Rihanna is also pregnant with their second child. Um, yeah, and, like, the internet lost their shit over this. And there was all these different guys who were pointing to, like, how passive looks and She's I mean, ignoring completely the context that, again, like you said, it's her cover. It's her talking about her potential new album, which I don't believe her because she's been talking about doing that forever. And she never does because it's a big old tease. Um, but it's it's within that context. And it's just about her family and him being a supportive spouse. And apparently this has triggered all of these different men who somehow seem to believe that holding your child is emasculating. Right. So... All of this is about, um, you know, dissecting every move for signs of emasculation. Um, It even got to the point where there's a whole Twitter account that uses green lines to Mm -hmm. indicate whether a man is dominant or submissive in the relationship, which, of course, they did to Rihanna. Um, now I, I'm not going to go through this because I I feel like it's been talked about enough, but this is the thing. Um, this seems to just, this, this, this is another like Andrew Tate slash whatever, 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 right? 
this is another example of the incel culture. And this time it's specific to Black men um, and the emasculation of Black men, so to speak. So Teo Barrow, who, who is a freelance writer, I think she writes for The Guardian now, um, she wrote a piece in Refinery29's Unbothered that talked about how there is literally no such thing as the emasculation of men. And so here's what she says. Here's the thing. Emasculation isn't real. It only exists as a tool to reinforce patriarchal violence. The term's origins go back to the 17th century Latin term for depriving someone of its male functions, virility, or procreative power. Essentially, emasculation means making someone less of what society would define as a man. I, I want to point out that it's interesting that this conversation around the Rihanna Vogue cover is also happening at the same time that you're seeing and this is only thanks to you that I'm aware of this because Black Twitter is not usually something I'm as plugged into. A conversation on uh, Chris Brown. And Chris Brown has just come out with a single with another female artist. And people have been pointing out in the comments that his violence was not just towards Rihanna. Like he has, he's been violent towards his mother. He has another woman has a restraining order against him. He's had multiple charges of domestic and sexual violence. And then there's also Drake, who um, is just creepy as fuck and like consistently made his entire personality like trying to make Rihanna love him when he wasn't, you know, grooming like 14 year old girls on Instagram. But yet you don't see the dialogue from masculine like that's more considered masculine than ASAP Rocky, who's in a picture holding his son and kissing his son and loving and being proud of his partner. And so I think that that's a bigger conversation because it's not just within one community that that happens. It's just interesting that all these conversations are happening at the same time as it relates to kind of Rihanna's, the men who have been in Rihanna's life. Because you don't see the same ire given to the ones who actually were abusive or creepy versus the one who's actually demonstrating what a positive relationship is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I think that the idea, like, what the fuck is wrong with these people that... The whole idea of being a man and outwardly loving somebody is emasculating. Like, you have problems, bro. But if, like, if you know, I, I think that any woman listening to this will understand, and, and I know you and I have had these conversations privately, that there is a struggle when you are a very successful or well-known female person, mm -hmm. that it is it is a bit of a struggle sometimes to find someone in your life who is okay with that. And that is not an easy thing sometimes. Um, and I think that women fundamentally try to make themselves smaller for men to accept them and want them in their lives so that the men feel better. And that's mm -hmm. not every man at all. Clearly, it's not Asaph Rocky. And it's not every man at all. But it is it is a power dynamic that exists in, in relationships that can make it difficult. And so I think that every woman who I've seen comment on this stuff on Twitter has done so from a perspective of being of at least having one experience where a man made her feel bad for being successful or potentially more successful than he is. But it's even it's even men who are just like it has gone as far as, um, you know, men whose 
hug their children are emasculated like there's there's some fucked up in 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 this incel like obviously the incels are messed up but it's it's just wild to me what's interesting about this happening in the black community is of course the legacy of of hypermasculinization of black men of you know western culture's objectification and sexualization mm-hmm. of black bodies that contributed to the sexual vulnerability of enslaved men and women it's um it's also really interesting from a culture that praises strength in women right and so well, i find that really interesting well i think that one of the connections to that um is like i watched the NAACP uh acceptance speech i can't remember what award they got from Dwayne wade and gabrielle union mm-hmm. and in the speech so they won um for their work on behalf of trans people within the the black community obviously because their daughter is trans and you know gabriel gabriel union gave a very powerful speech in which she said you know unless you're using the voice to amplify all of us to not actually doing advocacy because mm-hmm. trans black trans youth are, are are at deep risk and you know i think in a lot of communities you see that trans people and anyone within the lgbtq2s community is very much kind of at risk because it doesn't fit in with the stereotypes within that community and that's that's i think part of this is this idea that you can't show any feminine values and i mean i don't think it's feminine to hold your kid and kiss your kid i think that's just a normal thing you do with your child but i think it's perceived as feminine especially i would imagine within kind of the rapper community that asap rocky and i'm not gonna lie i'm not very familiar with his work you can be a manly man and still love your kids. Like, I don't know why those two things need to be considered to be mutually exclusive. Well, yeah, and we've seen this. Um, we've seen how, you know, Meghan Markle was depicted in, in emasculating Harry. It was the same thing. What's interesting is that how this is supposed to encourage women to stay in traditional gender roles the fact that this hyper masculinization keep them from actually receiving what all humans need and that's like love and affection and stuff like that i and remember then, and then yeah, i make this shit up yeah i remember i just want you know i just yeah encourages that and i'm just like wow patriarchy really fucked you all didn't it I remember reading once, but the reason why when women and men and in a long-term relationship, why men are more likely to uh, sort of quickly re-enter another long-term relationship, and it is often because they don't have close emotional relationships with the people in their lives. Mm-hmm. Whereas women, like if, if you know, like if I was dating someone, I broke up with him, I could call you and like bitch about it and cry about it and like be as ridiculous as I wanted as you can with me. And we ha- and like I have those relationships with women in my life. Men don't, and the only people that they usually seek that emotional support from is their female partner. Mm-hmm. And because we don't encourage that within you know sort of the male community and trust, like it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to like be a manly guy who plays hockey or whatever. Man, I don't know why hockey is the first thing you hear in my mind, but whatever manly dude things you're doing, 
<laughs> but also talk to your guy friends about how you're feeling and your emotional needs. That's just as manly to me. And I think that we haven't created that space. And like when we talk about the patriarchy, I think that women get a lot of shit because they think that we're just talking about our own experiences in the patriarchy, but we're not. We're talking about the way that it impacts everybody. And often when you look at male violence, a lot of that is bred from the inability to communicate with other people, the inability to share how you're feeling, the uh, massive block a lot of men have to getting therapy, to going on medication, da 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 Like, it's, this doesn't just happen because, like, and I get this a lot from men, you know, sometimes on the right, who are just like, well, what, you just think men are bad? No. But the problem is, is that I have a mental health issue versus if a guy I know has a mental health issue, I am more likely to seek help. He is not. And yeah. and I'm more likely to turn my anger and my depression inwards and damage myself. Whereas men typically are more likely to turn it outwards because they aren't getting the help that they need. So they turn their anger and their depression out onto other people. And that, Absolutely. again, where the patriarchy is negatively impacting men because... I think that if a lot more men sought therapy and got got help and like looked at like medication and other options, I think you would see a decrease in violence because they they would be taking care of themselves and that violence and that anger wouldn't have to have an external uh, place to put it. I find this really interesting uh, in the black community, especially to see these conversations happen on TikTok. Have you heard of the passport bros? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I got to tell you about the passport bros, because this is all I I know. So the passport bros, they're basically an online community of black men who travel internationally with the intention of finding sex and love. It's basically like what all these old white guys do, like basically black guys looking for a mail order bride okay that's what happened okay so like dudes and russian brides back in like the eight exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly and they'll get on there and they'll talk about how they love this woman and these are all racialized women which is is a level of american imperialism that that nobody's talked about but it's american imperialism and it just goes to show that black people in America have that sense too. In other mm-hmm. words, we're Americans, so we can like, of course you're gonna want to come to America. Of course we have privilege. Of course we have we have in being American if you're from like the Dominican Republic and you can't travel on your passport anywhere. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> so you know, the pushback is that this is sexual tourism, basically. What is always going to be the case is that black men love criticizing black women love it can't get enough of it they can't just do their own shit and leave you alone nope it's all about what black women don't do which is a form of misogyny and a form of misogynoir that we really have to talk about as a community anyway so they like to say that American black women are insufficient. And it's just, I'm just seeing ways in which the internet now, and now I'm looking back at ways that TV has 
primed women into believing that you have to be like this, right? If you're going to link up with anybody long term, you have to shrink yourself. How dare you not shrink yourself? Why you black women are you not? Why is Rihanna not shrinking herself? It's basically what they're what they're angry about. She didn't shrink herself on that cover. That cover was all about her. And it fucking should be. Like, that's the thing. It's like, she's a huge star. Brianna, for God's sakes. Like, I just think that, like, you know, we we do have this tendency of, of every time that a woman is more powerful in a relationship, there is always that, like, it's almost like you're just like, oh, wow, how brave of that guy to be involved with her. Yeah. Good, good for you, buddy. Seriously? Like, what, like, you would never say that to a woman who is in a like like for example with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. No one is like Blake Lively. That's so brave of you to be involved with someone who's so much more successful than you, Blake Lively, who is only ever in Gossip Girl and like one other movie. Good job. No one's saying that to her. But if it was reversed, oh, we say one... that to Eva Mendez either. Oh yeah, I yeah. Well, I mean, I think everybody's just really jealous of you, Mendez. But like, you know, I think that there there is that 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 dynamic that for men, it's like you're considered to somehow be like this brave man who got involved with someone more successful than you. Like and, and that is that's problematic. And I think, you know, you see that with a lot of celebrity situations, but you also see it in people's day to day lives. And a lot of people who struggle with that dynamic, I know I have in my personal relationships. I mean, I'm not Rihanna for Christ's sakes, but I'm, you know, anytime like I've had success that is, and I am quite public and I am very quite well known. And that does create a weird power dynamic in relationships that I might have. And in, in especially romantic relationships, because it's like, you know, not everybody wants to date the girl who has 18,000 followers on Twitter and talks about like her life pretty much consistently, you know, like that, that that's just that's just the reality of of women's experience i know you and i have talked about that and and yeah. the impact that can have so you know it's i think it's an interesting world that we're in now that it just continues to be okayed when we're also talking about like boss ladies like you know oh great good for you you're such a bot like you know but you can only be that to a certain extent right. but then you have to marry at or you have to be with someone who is within your power dynamic. And that's how it works, isn't it? It's like you don't I I just I'm just tired, I guess. I <laughs> I think I just completely tired of if you're not shrinking yourself for some man, then you're shrinking yourself for some boss who thinks you're too smart or too yep. this or too the other, or you're shrinking yourself for other people who might just randos okay like i'm just tired i'm tired of the expectation is that woman you shrink yourself although we do also live in a country that encourages one shrinking oneself unless you you know are like doug ford or somebody no but i mean you know what what is what is um i guess allowed to people and i you know i like Doug Ford, John Tory, Justin Trudeau, even going back as far as to people like Paul Martin, who grew up in privilege and power, like his dad was a cabinet minister. 
so many of these these men, white men, have grown up in institutional privilege and in structural privilege, and they've never not known what it is like to be privileged. Mm. You know, I mean, Bob Ray and Michael Ignatia went to school together. Like all these folks have grown up in this in this world, and I mean, it mainly happens in Ontario. We only have like one person like that in, uh, in Alberta, but. So you to 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 you like to have to shrink yourself is just completely and the antithesis of who you are. Like I don't think anyone's ever told Justin Trudeau like, "Hey, bro, like maybe step it down a couple notches." Yeah, yeah. And that's not and that's not necessarily that's not on Justin Trudeau necessarily, but no. you can see the difference. I think a little bit even when you see the communication between Trudeau and Christian, who did not grow up in privilege whatsoever and came up. A certain way so you can see the communication style is different mm-hmm. but with women politicians i can't i mean i can't name one that really well Carolyn but for the most part who came from any kind of institutional privilege mm-hmm. um maybe they came from money but there's not that same like linear thing mm-hmm. and then on top of that you know i don't see christia freeland bragging about her background and if i was her i sure as fuck would but but she doesn't and she doesn't because she's not given a space where I think that that would be considered. She would be considered bragging. Whereas when Michael Natty have talked about all his best-selling books, when he was the liberal leader, no one cared. So there's a big difference in the way even in politics that women are perceived and allowed to be be proud of their own success. Mm-hmm. Like as a woman, you're supposed to be like, yeah, I did that, you know, and shrink back from it. Whereas men don't, and I think that's also one of the reasons why. It is a struggle for successful women to enter into politics because you are not given that space to celebrate who you are. So for this, Rihanna, we salute you. Oh, here's the other thing. Here's the addendum. Like one last thing. Have you noticed that all the good shit is coming out in British Vogue and not American Vogue? I did. All the groundbreaking like interviews and stuff. British Vogue. American Vogue? Dry, boring. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that you're giving the British credit for one thing. I'm gonna hold this in my heart for like the next. I love six- British. No, I love British Vogue more than American. British Vogue is where it's at. I'm really excited in May when you and I can do our podcast about the uh, coronation of Prince Charles, and like it'll just be probably our hottest take of all time because it'll just be you and me fighting with each other for like an hour. Yeah, I'm going to be laughing at how nobody wants to be at that coronation. They're going to find someone, man. Yeah, eventually. You know what? At this rate, they will probably end up being like Eric Clapton or some shit. Like, it will be Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> that like is Eric, a perfect, it will be Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton and like, what's his name from Pink Floyd, who keeps talking about how much he hates vaccinations and loves Putin. So it'll be, I mean, it'll end up being those two. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you separate the artist from the artistry, Eric Clapton has, is an incredible artist. I was a racist, though. I mean, it, yeah, I actually have uh, his ex-wife wrote a book, which I got for Christmas and I haven't read yet. What? Well, because they for Christmas. I asked for it. So she was married to George. She was married to George Harrison, who's a Beatle. And then she left George Harrison for Eric Clapton. She was a model in the 60s and she was married to both of them. And they wrote some of their best songs about her. 
So that's it's like her name. It. Sorry, listeners. Patty Boyd. Oh, Patty Boyd. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's okay. called Wonderful Tonight, which is a song that Eric Clapton wrote about her. He also wrote Layla, which is one of the best rock songs of all time about her. Oh, Layla was about her? Layla was about her because he was in love with her when she was still married to George Harrison, who was his best friend at the time. Oh, yeah. This is like the spiciest, most dramatic book I'm super excited about. When I'm done, when I'm done reading my book about 9-11, because that's the kind of exciting life I lead, uh, I will move on to this one. All right. But yeah. So yeah, it'll probably just be like Eric Clapton, Roger Waters, Pink Floyd, and like the still remaining members of Queen. I guarantee you that's probably who it's going to be. Like there'll be nobody who's like not 60 plus. All right. On that note, I will see you next week. Uh, We'll be back uh, on Tuesdays now for our regular episode. All right. Bye. Bye. My bitch is bad and bullshit.